Hey guys, it's Arthur from the Good Trash Media Network. I just wanted to say thank you to Loot Crate for sponsoring this week's episode of the Good Trash Genre Cast. Out of Oklahoma City, you're listening to the Good Trash Genre Cast where movies are more than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. The Good Trash Genre Cast is a member of the Good Trash Media family. For more information, go to goodtrashmedia.com. They're talking about you, boy. But you're still the same. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Honorcast, where a bunch of people gather at a table and we discuss the films that you will never, 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 never no, discuss never. in a film studies course. Never, Why? Ever. Because Alex made a host pick. and <laughs> sure did. Okay, Alex, what are we watching? We're watching the 2005 masterpiece, Bewitched. <laughs> well, she's half right. And, uh, <laughs> this movie's over 10 years old. That is bizarre. That makes me feel real We're old. old, guys. Yeah. When did this happen? So yeah. Shut up a lot of Strange. You. But uh, yes, indeed, we are going to be looking at that film, and uh, before we get any further, we need to identify who's on mic today talking to you all about Bewitched. Uh, to my right, ma'am, who are you? My name's Alexandra Bohannon, and I don't know if you realize this, but I'm Dalton. I'm Dalton. They replaced the original Dalton on the original Good Trash Genre cast, and no one noticed. No one noticed. I'm Dalton! How did this happen? Wow, this is very, very impassioned. Thank you for that, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Sometimes, sometimes words hurt. <laughs> On around the table, sir, who are you? Hi, my name's Caleb, and guess what, guys? I'm a Clippers fan! Okay, very, very good. Uh, moving on around the table, sir, who are you? My name is Dalton Stewart, and uh, this movie needed more Amy Sedaris. Yes, fair enough. Uh, my name's Dustin Sells, and I watched this movie, and I'm so glad to be here. You guys Come on, guys. Right. There were some there good were quotes. Some there are good quotes, quotes in here. In this movie. Hey, Help. guys, every Thursday should be, uh, should, we should celebrate it's like your birthday and bring birthday cake. It's cake day. Every Thursday's cake day. Dustin. Yes, sir. Um, you will lick my face, and I shall lick your snout. There you go. Here, and I'll, get, I'll do uh, one for D- I, Dustin. I got one for Dustin. Help. I'm about to be killed by a fictional character. Yes, indeed. Right. I just love hey, to blend. Hey, hey, Dustin, Dustin, let's make love at SeaWorld on the back of a killer whale. Let's make love in a hot air balloon. I forgot about the sea, the, the killer whale thing's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, so there you go, <laughs> there you go dear listener. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, this movie is called Bewitched, and we're going to be watching it, but we're going to be doing analysis, not review, and that means that there are going to be spoilers, so we've got to give you a quick little warning, as like we always do. Like anybody gives a fuck about spoilers to Bewitched. <laughs> but uh, it turns out she's a witch, I'm just saying. What? Yeah. She's uh, a witch burner. So this is how it's going to work, guys. We're going to have a quick synopsis from the voice of the Dollar Theater. Then we're going to be followed by our quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. Moving right into our gameplay, which might involve mild spoilerages of various and sundry things. Not to be limited to Bewitched. Um, and then we will move into our business time, which is our analysis. We'll have a little musical cue for you all to know that. And then it is spoilers ahoy. Uh, you have been warned. So without any further ado, Mr. Dalton Stewart, voice of the Dollar Theater. Let's hear that synopsis as growly as possible. You got it. Thinking he can overshadow an unknown actress in the part, an egocentric actor unknowingly gets a witch cast in an upcoming television remake of the classic sitcom Bewitched, 1964. 
That's amazing. I didn't realize Will Arnett's Batman and the voice of the Dollar Cinema were one and the same. Darkness. I really no felt like parents. it was like the '90s TV series uh, Wolverine. Is what oh, I felt like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. More yeah, than yeah, anything. yeah. Hey, here, Bob. I'm the best I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been drinking. He just makes noise. I'm the I'm the best there is at being nice. Oh shit! I fucked it up. Hold on, Jade. All right, well... I don't know my mom's name, I have amnesia. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so let's move quickly into those quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. <gasps> Dalton Stewart, can I hear your review? I've already Ridge? had the most fun I'm going to have today. This is a very bad movie. Um, it is mostly inoffensive, though. It's cute. I mean, it's... I watched it. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell did a dance in front of the stage lights that was cute, or the set lights. It's it's fine. Um, Steve Carell curls it up before he was a household name. That was a kind of a cute moment. Uh, Michael Caine is getting his Michael Caine money. Uh, Shirley MacLaine is hanging out. Uh, no one really seems to give a shit about this movie that they're making, which is a really kind of interesting thing about it. You know, everyone seems to be here because it seemed like a good idea at the time uh, to greenlight a feature film adaptation of the television program Bewitched. I will say the most interesting thing about this movie is the choice to make it about a television reboot of the actual TV show. I, I think that's an interesting avenue. Um, I, I'm I'm bummed out that Nora Ephron made this movie because she's she's not a bad filmmaker. She's a pretty solid filmmaker, in fact. Uh, this movie is is legitimately terrible. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart, Mr. Caleb Masters. I'm quick. sorry. I I just want to legitimately terrible. Here's the thing. Um, I don't dislike this movie any more than I dislike most comedies. I feel like it's pretty much a run of the mill Hollywood. Caleb hates comedies. And, uh, no, no, I, and, it's a it's, it's a studio com it's a studio comedy. Like it's safe, it's predictable, it's very formulaic. All it's those not things funny, are there. Though. I I got some good. I got I, as many laughs. Funny, I got some really good laughs out of it. Just as much as I would any other Will Ferrell movie. Uh, maybe not as much as like Anchorman or, or Ricky Bobby or Blades of Glory. But I mean, like I was, uh, I, I got some. Good all stuff of the of things you just mentioned are legitimate comedy masterpieces. They're all studio. Blades of Glory? Okay, I haven't seen Blades okay. of Glory. <laughs> it's funny, Blades of Glory is my favorite out of all of those. But anyway. Oh, dear, uh, But anyway, any, any, anyway, I, I just feel like this is pretty run-of-the-mill. I think it's a pretty run-of-the-mill. And because of that, if you enjoy like studio comedies, I think this is great. It's a, Your star leads are pretty much what you'd expect. Will Ferrell, he gets some great uh, jokes uh, to match his pretty run-of-the-mill shtick. The gimmick. I, I do think that the, using the set of uh bewitched uh, like a, a retelling of the, of bewitched is a really cool way especially in an era where every nostalgia everything's about nostalgia in hollywood and we're always trying to remake that thing that already existed at least with this film they tried to do something a little different and i appreciate that about the film and i think the solid supporting cast that includes uh christian chinowith is fun it's uh it's safe it's sweet it's fun and yeah it's totally disposable all right thank you very much mr caleb masters miss alexander bohannon you're gonna thank yourself you're gonna, you're gonna thank him for that <laughs> I'm, a, I th I'm gonna thank him for talking when it was his turn. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like, that's I like nice it. of you. He, yeah. he, hit, he hit his mark and he said his lines. That, that, that's true. That and I really like it when people talk when it's their turn. Yep. But moving right along, <laughs> do what I want when I want. You can't control me, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. You must now defend yourself. Okay, uh, defending myself. This is one of the first movies I owned on DVD, and we've discussed before about how those early we DVD have. picks 
are like a seminal like piece of who you are because because of how expensive DVDs were at the time you then watched them a lot and this was just a movie I watched a lot I can quote this entire movie like I don't know why I just can't I, it's, no one it's, else does either. it's really ridiculous how much I love this movie I can acknowledge though it's quality it is not a good movie I think all of the um all of the little magic sleight of hand things. I think that's really fun and They're cute. cute. They're cute. It's adorable. Like I said, it is a cute film, but it is, it is also it's, we have watched movies that were better and much more irritating to watch, I guess. It's, yes. It's it's just inoffensively bad, I guess. Yes, that's that's very true. Cause there are some areas that fall really flat. I don't particularly I mean, I've written a letterbox review about um this film and I give it about two stars, you know, and and I and essentially my letterbox review I say I don't really believe Will Ferrell and Nicole Kim- no. Kidman's chemistry. I think it is weird. I don't think that they no. should that's like what no. 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 That doesn't work Nicole at all. Nicole Kidman was really annoying, honestly. She yeah. she was. She she also is very annoying in this movie. I feel like the supporting cast is way better than Nicole Nicole Kidman and yeah, I, I like the Steve Carell cameo at the end is really really fun for me. And then all the other parts are just it's really fun. It's a movie I put in when I don't want to pay attention to something and I just want to have some background noise in and check in and out and laugh whenever I hear the joke. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed, um, and I get to be the mayor of Ballsville. All righty. Well, thank you for that, Miss Alexandra. Dustin, Bohannon. my friend, yes. my comrade, my brother, bring some sanity to this table, please. Make I, me feel like I'm not taking crazy pills. I, I took an immense amount of joy in watching this film. In that, I was able to use the hashtag 52 by films by women again. And that is the extent of my joy. There you go. Thank you, my sweet I'm baby. I'm doing you a service. A film that fails the Bechdel test and oh, is sure does. ridiculous. And, uh, Isn't it the opposite of the Bechdel t- mm-hmm. passing the Bechdel test? <laughs> We're going to talk about this in analysis. This movie has problems. It is problematic in very many places. It might actually pass the Bechdel test. I really don't actually know. But I'm You gonna... would have had to been paying attention for the whole movie to do y- that. Yes, and why that. would I do that to myself? Um, yeah, I-, I tell you what. Uh, Nicole Kidman is doing her best Meg Ryan impersonation throughout. <laughs> this film that's accurate that's accurate and i feel like perhaps meg was actually originally attached and they just didn't change anything and all of her stage directions just stayed the same and oh my god that's a that makes a lot of sense i actually believe she was one of the uh, people who was in talks there was a laundry list of uh actresses who were big at the time and are big now uh that were attached to this film at one point or another as laundry list you mean like a big bag full of soiled underwear as a big bag of who had to do the studio a favor yeah yeah yeah, in the Nora, like Nora Ephron type rom- rom-com picks, your Catherine Heigl's, your Meg Ryan's, your whatever that one uh, Bridget Jones. Yeah, your your white blonde ladies. Yeah, 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 your cute blonde ladies. Um, and it's got all that cute. Um, I did like a moment where I felt like I might be watching Singing in the Rain. Um, and then I just that wanted, was a really nice moment. Wanted to watch Singing in the Rain <laughs> instead. Um, and so yeah, that was my experience watching the film. So I think you know uh, the consensus around the table as it is. It made me really want to watch Mulholland Drive oddly enough yes. oh I like that because like it does have some interesting stuff about like studio and auditioning yeah, yeah and definitely lots of exactly cool stuff there so there you go dear listener now you know where we're coming from I think it might just be time to play the game time to play the game time to play the game
this week's game are classic TV Land TV shows we'd like to see made into movies. Uh, that's right, classic television programs of the television. Jesus Christ. Well, that's right. Classic television programs of the variety you'd see on TV land. Those are some shows we want to see made as movies because we're running out of ideas and we need to make a safe bet. Or we don't love ourselves, but nonetheless. I can't believe we're playing this game. Uh, well, it's a game we're going to play. Alex, I'm going to go to you first. Let's hear your movies. Um, I heard Dalton, whenever he did uh, an earlier take of what this game synopsis is going to be, um, and essentially he said this shouldn't happen, yeah. that synopsis. And, and I think we should preface this game by saying... All of us love movies, and none of us hate ourselves. So we, <laughs> none of us want more remakes of old TV Land era TV shows. I, for, for the love of God, no, please. I don't know. I really enjoy the AT movie. Well, okay, it's, a, it's, a, it's about twenty One. years later. You're dead to me. So you're so wrong about that movie. So anyway, so I just wanted to give that little preface first. Um, and uh, yeah, so my picks for uh, TV land era shows that should be movies. Um, I think I Love Lucy would be an interesting movie. They've made I Love Lucy like inside the, the making of I Love Lucy, how dramatic everyone was. But it could be interesting to see like the perils of um, housewifery. Um, they couldn't really modernize it because it is very much an, an, a thing of its time, or an, a relic of yeah, its time. Yeah, Ginger being uh, married to a Puerto Rican doesn't really matter in 2016. Sure doesn't. <laughs> Didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one that would be fun, because I did look up on uh, TV Land's uh, Wikipedia page, like what TV shows were on TV Land at some point in another. Seinfeld was on TV Land. That would be a fun That would be a fun movie. A movie about nothing, um, just like a uh, rehash. If, if they could get back uh, literally everyone. No, no, the, super no. That's that. that. That's what I'm saying. The original cast only. Where are they now? Jerry, I mean, uh, like Jerry would be a stand-up comic. Kramer would still be crazy. Well, they'd all just be getting out of prison at this point. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is that how it ends? Yeah, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's I why everybody forgot. hates the finale because it ends in a clip show that ends with them going to prison. Mild spoilers again in the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Spoilers for a 20 year old sitcom. Yeah, that no one's probably seen that last uh, season nothing. of. Um, and then finally, because I also, I guess I hate myself a lot, uh, Home Improvement, because I, lo- I watch that show a lot. Wait, when that's, I was that's, a kid. that was on TV Land? It sure was Dude, at some point. I will absolutely still watch that if it pops up on TV. No yep. exaggeration. Yep, same here. So, uh, if you want to watch Dad the TV show starring, well, um, Tim, Tim the Tool Man Taylor, or then, AKA Tim Allen. Then we uh we could have an interesting movie about maybe maybe it's about how uh, he's gone corporate in his little TV show, <laughs> and uh, and I don't know. We do get to see Wilson's face by the end of it. Um, maybe some of the kids have drug problems. I don't know. I think some and of he's them divorced. Did. Jonathan Th- uh, Th- Jonathan Taylor Thomas has gone on to be a human rights activist. Oh wait, that's that's real life. Yeah, oh, did he really? Yeah. That's, that's cute. That's nice. I like that. That's nice. And that's it. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Miss Alexander Bohan and Mr. Caleb Masters. What are your selections? Well, I've got a couple. Uh, so firstly, do go... Now, all these are going to have a little bit of a twist, though, because, I mean, does anyone really want to see a straight adaptation of these things? I mean... No. I mean, do I, do I want to <laughs> see Gilligan's Island again? Ar- no. Ar- Arthur does very much. They've all... There have been a lot of Gilligan's Island movies, Caleb. Th- there have, but I want to see a post-lost Gilligan's Island Oh, movie. man, you stole mine. <laughs> I, I want... 
one hand, but we live in a post smoke monster, post man in black, post polar bear on island, post Dharma initiative. We got to like throw, okay, don't get too crazy, but throw are in the, some of that weird wonky sci-fi stuff into that, a Gilligan's Island movie. Is it that, is Gilligan's Island. Are those all things in Lost? Yes. Polar bears. Yeah, mm-hmm. polar, that's the first episode. Yeah, oh smoke God. monsters and polar bears are smoke in the monsters. first like, three hours. No, no, of the no. Show. Hey, whoa, whoa. The smoke monster is alluded to does not make an appearance until the season one finale. Oh. I have a feeling that Caleb in his spare time edits the Lost Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I haven't watched yes. Lost diagrams I, with yarn. I, I that that's I, no joke. I did that in college. Um, so, <laughs> Caleb, you're fired. You guys, Ew, studio companies are so safe and stupid. Have you guys watched Lost yet? Lost is actually great. Um, Jesus. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna return that. But that show is great. And if you haven't watched all the way, then why the hell do you know what you're talking about? Um, so, secondly, I want to see I Dream of Genie, where Genie is a gin. Therefore, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, it, it's all there. She's a guy. She grants the wishes in air quotes only for them oh to like not God. actually grant the wishes, and they're, it's like a, it's almost like a torture porn movie. Oh my God, that's a good pick, Caleb. <laughs> there is, there is that movie, Jin. So does good. exist. Uh, actually, it's called Dream Master. No, it, Wishmaster. Wishmaster. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Wishmaster. Uh, also, yeah, they're, they're bad. They're a lot of fun. But are they based off of I Dream of Genie? Yes. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. He threw us for a loop there for a moment. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, Jeannie never showed her navel because it was not appropriate for television. I remember So she that. has a spare mm-hmm. mid-riff, yet no navel. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Yeah, it's high-waisted. It's actually quite in fashion now. Those she be, was ahead of her time, really. Those would be my picks, Dustin. All right. Thanks for that, Caleb. Uh, Dalton, <laughs> let's hear those selections. I'm ready. Um, I, I would. Uh, I like Have Gun, Will Travel. Uh, that's a good show. Um it's like legitimately like really fun show. Um, let's get that and make it darker. I don't want to play this game. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Gilligan's Island and Lord of the Flies. Caleb kind of already did that. No, that works too. Uh, and I do legitimately like Have Gun Will Travel. Uh, I used to watch with my dad. Uh, it's fun. It's a uh, it's about a bounty hunter basically. Um, he's he's a fancy guy. He travels. He has good. He's got a gun. Hence, Have Gun Will Travel. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll watch it. Uh, I, c- I could do with. Uh, I don't know, maybe some Bonanza. I mostly westerns. I don't. Uh, I'm I would. My I eyes. would watch a western TV show. Like uh, they tried to um, do a prequel series. I think it was on WGN of uh, Bonanza called uh, Ponderosa. Uh, not good. I guys, I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, I I I hate. I hate this. I hate everything about what we're doing right now. I <laughs> I, I hate everything about these. Uh, I heard that Dark Shadows movie was pretty bad. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't really care for 60s television that much. Um, Get I keep, Smart was fun. I keep Well, that was a, a yeah. fairly bad movie. Um, it was fun. I keep it was thinking fun. about um, 70 shows like The Jeffersons, so I'm just going to say Have Gun Will Travel and pass it on to you, Dustin. You're, right. you're old. You've seen old t- TV shows. What do you got? I don't want this to happen. Um, okay, you're with me. And, 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 we all agree we don't <laughs> no, no, really I don't want actually this. want this to happen. I, I think Dustin and I uh, are just can't get over it listen if a studio exec points a gun to your head and says hey give me three pitches right now or All right. the batman adam west series rebooting that into it yeah let's just do the won- wonky wonky campy campy let's play okay i i like uh, no dark nights we want the light nights i uh, want the light night 
Yeah, no, that that's okay with me. Um, let's let's do a Bewitch version, like making a TV series with a, a egomaniacal, egomaniacal rather uh, producer. Um, the producer being John Travolta, who was a star in Welcome Back, Cotter, and he is nice. trying so hard to be Cotter. And we could go, um, you know, all kinds of get shorty with it. And uh, but no, don't do it, please. No one listen to this. No one let this happen. Don't, don't. Just, just please. Studio execs are listening. They're like, yes, yes. yes Good trash the media. Ideas. Feed us. So um, there you go. There is our gameplay. Dear listener, if you have a real suggestion, if you really want to see this happen, um, we'd like to hear it because... Would we? <laughs> well, if it's actually good. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there could be something out there in TV that we've missed and or that we don't know about or we don't care about. And so, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I would, wouldn't mind seeing some of those portmanteau uh, series uh, made into a horror anthology, bring back The Outer Limits, bring back Tales from the Dark mm. Side, bring back Tales from the Crypt or now something like talking. that, and make a movie again. Yeah, sure, why That'd not? That'd be cool. So, yeah. th- I mean, there are things that that are not, you know, immediately revolting and offensive. I have found, like, when I was looking at that TV Land, shows on TV Land Wikipedia article before TV Land started doing, like, their own programming, um, it, I found that most of the things I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be a great movie. Oh, wait, it already is one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, It turns out there are a lot of these classic shows have been... Uh, brought back in some way shape or form Beverly and, Hillbillies etc yeah well I, I mean I'm starring even just, Kurt Cameron I'm just oh, even buddy. thinking like Star Trek and like stuff that's like has yeah. some like brand and awesome value yeah, any anything that with any legs uh, culturally speaking has pretty much been uh, touched at some point yeah but we want you to find that and I do diamond mean touched in, in the an appropriate way oh gross um, find that diamond in the rough for us though dear listener um, and uh, there may be something there that we're missing just getting all up in there huh Alex Yes. Oh my. Okay. You know what? That's fine. Um, We're having fun. Let's We're just a couple of crazy kids having let's, fun. Let, let's see where that conversation could be held and how we can have it. Alex, uh, where is this conversation to be found on the interwebs? You can find the Good Trash Media Network at goodtrashmedia.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodtrashmedia. You can find us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash goodtrashmedia. You can find us at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash GTM. Man, you're really distracting when you have a Switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> I've got psoriasis. Uh, oh, gross. This, I, 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 oh man. I, no, for Caleb, you're not fired. I quit. Um, <laughs> is there yet another social media means by which this conversation could be held, Dalton? Yeah, if the listener wants to talk to me, they can have their people get with my people. But if they want to talk to Alex and Caleb, they can find Good Trash Media and all of our programming on Twitter at good underscore trash. That was a joke about how this is a, a Hollywood movie. About, yeah, yeah. So yeah. one of the worst uh, movies about a, Hollywood. Richie's not even human after all. There you go, dear listener. Um, so for some reason, this stuff that we do actually gets people to give us sponsorships and money. Um, let's hear a word from those sponsors for just a moment. Thank you for turning in to A Word From Our Sponsors. This week on A Word From Our Sponsors, we're taking a look at Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription service that sends you a wonderfully curated box of geeky goodness. Each month focuses on a different theme such as dystopia, time, space invasion, and the future. Loot Crate also has subscription boxes for pet lovers, gamers, anime fans, and their newly announced WWE box. So if you want to take your nerd game to a new level, head over to lootcrate.com forward slash good trash and use promo code good trash to receive $3 off of your first box. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. It's the best man. It's the 
That's right, dear listeners. Time to get down to business. That business is analysis. I'm so excited to hear what you've got to say, Miss Alexander Bohannon, because you picked this. So I did make this worthwhile. Yeah, I picked this movie because having seen it so much in a very seminal part of my film watching relationship, I just I was really interested not to subject you guys to terror and 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 unhappiness because I love you guys. I like you guys being happy. I promise that my next host pick will be wonderful and everyone will love it, despite all evidence to the contrary. I picked fucking Monty Python for you <laughs> she people. Did. She did you pick did. Gone Girl also. Yeah, yeah you did. Okay. okay, so I'm just saying... All is forgiven. I, I'm just saying that I wanted to hear people actually think about this movie because everyone's just like, yeah, it's bad. Well, I know it's bad, but can we like talk about it and, and discuss like if there's anything actually going on? And I think there is. Because today my analysis is going to justify to you that this entire movie is an allegorical tale of a woman being awakened to the concept of the patriarchy. First, a discussion and definition of the patriarchy will be required because, to misquote Inigo Matoya, that word may not mean what you think it means. We're then going to apply the concept of the patriarchy to 2005's Bewitched and a bit of the original TV show Bewitched. And then second, we will discuss witchcraft and what witchcraft means in literature and in this film. And then finally, we're going to put it all together. So, one of my favorite books about the patriarchy, I know that sounds weird to say you have a favorite book about the patriarchy, <laughs> is entitled The Gender Knot, Unraveling Our Patriarchal Legacy by Alan G. Johnson. To quote Johnson, we are trapped in a legacy whose core is patriarchal. And what is a patriarchy? A society is patriarchal to the, de- to the degree that it promotes male privilege uh, by to be male-dominated, male-identified, and male-centric. So what you mean is America. Yes. Okay. Also, to define privilege, as this word gets used and abused amongst, among men's rights activists and hashtag all lives matter types, privilege refers to any unearned advantage that is available to some members of a social category while be systematically denied to others. It is clear that Nicole Kidman's Isabel lives in a patriarchy and due to her naivete is completely unaware about this until halfway through the film. Will Ferrell's Jack is shamed by his manager Richie to encourage the showrunners to make to make Isabel's Samantha a powerful character. He's called a pussy for wanting this to occur and he is then encouraged to be the quote mayor of Ballsville. Until this middle transition where Isabel realizes she's manipulated, this show is clearly male don dominated identified and male centric just look at the opening titles for the quote retool bewitch once she learns of this isabel i mean once isabel learns of this however she gains a fiery temperament and literally sets fire to his cappuccino machine and decides to fuck with wills farrell's character in a number of delightful and comedically satisfying ways but wait we aren't just talking about the disempowerment of women but we're also talking about the the but wait, we aren't just talking about the disempowerment of a woman, but she is also a witch. The book entitled The Witch in History, Early Modern and uh, 20th Century Representations of posits this theory of witches and witchcraft. The witch is not solely and simply the creation of the of the patriarchy, but it is also that women are heavily invested in this figure as a fantasy, which allows them to express and manage otherwise unspeakable fears, desires, and specifically centering on the question of motherhood and children. Uh, One of my other favorite books entitled Wonder Woman, The Sex, Power, and the Quest for Perfection discusses how the intersection of accusations of witchcraft centered about are centered around women and fertility issues and the and a woman's own control of her sexuality. Isabel, Sabrina, the teenage witch, all the ladies in Charmed, they 
are, are all reacting to a patriarchal legacy thrust upon them. They want to subvert that. Or wait, do they? Yes. Get it, girl. Get it, queen. Thank you. Just like in the original television program, and here is this why we get into this movie's problematic nature about discussions of female power, Isabel and Samantha are trying to give up witchcraft. They're trying to give up their feminine power. They're trying to to in to be immersed in the patriarchy yes! as they are being conditioned Get it! to. <laughs> As Endora in 2005's Bewitch says, witches are quicksilver and Isabel is giving it all up for an acre of crabgrass. Both Samantha and Isabel are trying to give up their power in order to fall closer in line to the desires of the patriarchy. Once Homo sapiens discovered the relationship between sex, lineage, and the need for women to carry a child, their desire grew to control this, according to Sex, Time, and Power by Leonard Shalane. There's a clear correlation between witchcraft and the ability of a woman to control the one natural, quote, magical power uh, to grant the form of eternal life to men. Making them babies. (laughs) That's right. So when Isabel Isabel unleashes her full, her quote, full femininity in witchcraft, takes temporary control back of her own life. Things go really well until Jack realizes that Isabel has taken back her femininity and through the revelation of her true power. After they both freak out about this, and there's usually that big, you know, typical rom-com breakup sequence. It's, yeah, it's the sad. end of the second act in a rom-com. The end rom-com. of the second act of the rom-com. Uh, Steve Carell comes in and has, in my opinion, a really great cameo. And then... Isabel compromises her female power in order to join in partnership with Will for uh, Farrell at, at the end of this film. So in in conclusion, this mo- this movie is a really sad representation of what femininity in modern society is because once we as women become woke and men men can become woke to the concept of the patriarchy and uh misogyny and uh the objectification of women. But the thing is is once we become woke most of the time we just have to change it in because shit ain't getting done and things are just going to be this way for a really long time until we have larger societal upheaval and uh, social structure overreach that we can take this from the root and remake society, honestly. Excellent. I appreciate that yeah. very, you. very much, Miss right. Alexander that, Bohan. And that answers the question about the Bechtel test. I was saying that this movie is like the opposite, right? Because the whole movie is about her like forfeiting her own personality and her own personal for Will Ferrell. It's like, the, isn't that the opposite? Well, right? and, and there is this really, and Alex touched on, uh, I think something that is very interesting about this film is there is a, a synthesis at the end of this film where there is a compromise reached um, between the two of them that I, I think is quite lovely. Um, if I can get it. Yeah. Well done, Alex. I, I, I'm going to say the synthesis is not lovely. Uh, yeah, with my I, 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 I lean more towards it being because remember if that that final exchange, um, they she's like I'm a witch and Will Ferrell's like but I love you and then she goes but you know what other witches have done it before and he's like Samantha has and if we're holding up a 60s housewife to be that's our our paragon yeah. of which we're not replicating that's, yeah. that's that's bad not, not yeah, good it's real bad okay yeah. so let me talk about some background um theory that that informs much of the feminist theory that um Alex is bringing here um I want to talk about psychoanalysis and I want to talk about Jacques Lacan Woo! 
And uh, this film is um, all about the incurability of the symptom. And uh, there is something very, very interesting going on here. See, what we see is uh, the Isabella character, uh, Nicole Kidman. Uh, she is stuck in a world that she knows, that she understands. She's got a symbolic order that has inscribed her. She's a witch. She belongs in this place doing these certain things. And she is beginning to rebel against some of that symbolic order. And by so doing, she leaves Witchy World and makes her way into Los Angeles, which apparently is somewhat less witchy. Uh, but nonetheless, I move on. And in so doing, though, she cannot escape what Lacan terms the nom de pair. That's right, the name of the father. I was about to say, one of the weirdest aspects of uh, witchcraft in this movie is that it is represented by Michael Caine. Of course, uh, the wicked witchcraft, uh, even yeah. though I know it's strictly taboo. Moving on, uh, we see, though, that she can't escape him, and he continues trying to repress her, and she continues attempts to sublimate her desire and her, her longing, her jouissance, if we were going to use uh, the uh, Lacanian term in applying this, and she is unable to do that. She continues to be symptomatic, and in so doing, she is entering in this new realm of the real, which is the actual world that is undescribable by language. She finds that it is so traumatic and so awful that she cannot handle it, and she does do the terrible things to Will Ferrell, to comedic effect, uh, to an extent. It's delightful. I, I, I grinned. Um, and so, yeah, those things all happen, but because it's about this failed sublimation, and what ends up happening in the film as she continues to battle that, we see also Will Ferrell doing the same sort of stuff. He is battling his egotism and is trying as hard as he can to sublimate that as well to equal amounts of failure. And what we have in the conclusion of the film is not a cure. It is not somehow breaking free from all of this stuff. It comes to a point where they're able to enjoy their symptom and enjoy their symptomatic nature. This is part of what's broken in the human condition, being illustrated perfectly in Lacanian terms in a ridiculous film in a uh, ridiculous film like bewitched yeah <clears throat> well that's the the thing that's touched on that is really kind of sad uh will will ferrell wants to be a better less shitty person at the start of this movie and is encouraged and rewarded for being uh, a complete douche um, and it's a real shame yeah. Um, one thing to piggyback a quick little brain blast that I got from your reading is the character of uh, Shirley MacLaine's Endora, who you get these weird things of issue, which she is. There's some stuff left on the cutting room floor from that side plot. Right. Yes. But but it is revealed that, yeah, she's a witch. Don't dwell. Um, never really revealed, though. I yeah. Mean, strongly implied, but never. Yes, anyway, sorry. No, it's I a mean, messy she, movie. she does. She does witchy stuff. Yeah, but the words uh, Shirley MacLaine's a witch are never said. Uh, I'll, they wouldn't because you get my point. Uh, it's never like fully confirmed. But yeah, you see her doing stuff and then yeah. just, the movie just forgets about it. Right. Okay. So I say all that's to say this also supports my, my feminist cri criticism of this film um, and my theories of femininity, patriarchy, and uh, female power because... The only way, because what you have, you have Michael Caine. He comes into the the human world. I don't know. Um, the logistics of witchery okay. is not well explained. It, I, don't, I don't care. It, he he comes, left Hogwarts and he came on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he comes into the human world and he does it. He uses most of, of his witchcraft to enchant women to get them to fuck him. And he does that. And, it, and it's Michael Caine. You don't need to do that, baby. And he doesn't. But <laughs> I have to say it, it is nasty and rapey and gross. It's um, icky. It's yeah. I don't like it, but um, I say all this to say one, the only equal he has in this is another witch, another person mm -hmm. who can enchant him back. So it says that the only way to um, 
get over the patriarchy um, at all is to have people on an even footing. And if we're in these patriarchal power structures set in by society, that's not going to happen. Yes, absolutely. And and yet it continues to reinforce uh, patriarchy in the way that these magical powers and abilities of sublimated desire, and they are the sublimated desires for the phallus, um, and so the women find themselves in a position of lacking phallus, and therefore all their neuroses, again, that's what we're going to call the magical stuff that's happening, their symptom that is uh, erupting from their sublimated desire, is done to such an effect as to achieve the ends of gaining a phallus in their life, in 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 the form of a man. It's an, yet another weird aspect of this film where both uh, the, the witches and the, the not witches in this film, the only way anybody ever seems to be able to have a romantic connection with another human being is through trickery and guile. Uh, it's icky and gr- like uh, Will Ferrell's ex-wife is going to trick him into coming back. And Nicole Kidman is tricking Will Ferrell and realizes maybe I probably shouldn't be doing this. Everyone's just tricking everyone into fucking them. It's a very bizarre the world that we're living in in this film well no, i mean I, that's one of the things that, that was kind of frustrating to me i don't i didn't feel like there was really a hint of uh transparency with any of our characters uh whatsoever everybody's a- kind of an of asshole uh and it reminded me deeply of sets in la caleb didn't you say you had some interesting stuff since we talked about tv land in our game and we have like this emergence of nostalgia and the legacy goal didn't you have some stuff you want to talk about with hollywood and nostalgia? yeah well i mean just kind of going back in the history of hollywood remaking these films and i'm, I'm glad you guys we, we played the game yeah so there's this is not anything new for hollywood though they, they did it they've done it back in the 60s and the 70s you have a lot of uh, t- made for tv versions of tv shows as opposed to theatrical films that you see um, uh, Andy Griffith did it. Uh, you have things like I want to say I would dream with Genie also had like a TV movie. A lot of things that were trying to re- uh, kind of revamp these shows. Yeah, was Vanna White in that? I think mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, get the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel in the '90s. Although those were both very much lampooning uh, the Brady Bunch. But yeah, yeah it's, but it's still ca- it's still it was still the idea of still, cashing in on the brand. Still part of it. It's yeah. Still cashing in on the brand. And you know, it's something that we that is uh, you know overwhelmingly happening today. But I will say the thing I liked about Bewitched is that it, it puts a whole spin on it and a lot of ways satirizing the use of nostalgia as a marketing tactic versus what we see right now with with transformer toys ninja turtles toys uh like a lot of toy lines like a lot of 80s and 90s nostalgia it's it's certainly the most interesting aspect of this film and had the film been better would have been much more interesting uh it's one of the most interesting things about it is uh the fact that they are full-on acknowledging that they made a bewitched movie uh, it was bad to, to cash in on people's uh, nostalgia for that television program. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I mean, so I think this is something, you know, if you're going to look at the criticism of Hollywood, you know, recycling ideas, this is this is absolutely nothing new. I mean, Studio Hollywood, that's a thing right now and it's frustrating, but it's not something that we, we you know we just rolled over like 10 years ago and said this is what we're going to do. We've been doing it for about 60 years, at least 60 or 70 years. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate all of that analysis uh, from the table uh, thereabouts and around. We've had a good conversation about a bad movie. That's yep. right. We can do that, and it's a thing that happens and should this happen. It's called a good trash genre cast, right? That's right. That's what we're doing. And so this is definitely at least the, the second half of the good trash um, ideology. And so we're going to talk about Shell for Trash uh, right now with this particular film and recommend our else's or instead's. I cannot wait to hear what it said um, by the face of Steve Carell to my left, Dalton Stewart. Hi. Shell for Trash, else or instead. Uh, throw this motherfucker in the trash. You should watch instead this year's masterpiece, one of the best films of 2016, The Witch, the Witch uh, which uh, I think is... 
going to pick up a lot of the threads of Alex's analysis and go much more interesting places with it. Uh, we had a really great t- talk about that film uh, on Back to the Movies earlier this year, Caleb's um, weekly movie review show that he hosts for Good Trash Media. You should go listen to that uh, and go see that movie. Uh, rent it. It's available quite easily right now. Uh, watch other things with all of the very talented people in this film. Watch Two Mules for Sister Sarah for Peak Shirley MacLaine. Uh, watch literally anything Michael Caine's ever done except for this. Um, I don't know, maybe Alfie? That'd be a good one. Uh, just peaks, just peak fuckable Michael Caine. Uh, what were those spy movies he did? I can't, I can't remember what they're called. Watch those. Fucking uh, Will Ferrell, Anchorman, Nicole Kidman, Eyes Wide Shut. Literally everyone in this has done better things. Go watch those. And if you want really interesting things about uh, the patriarchy and, and witches, uh, go watch The Vich. It's, it's new. It's fun. It's part of the... Uh, the conversation right now do that don't 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 buy this movie don't watch it ever all right please thank you very much mr dolster mr caleb masters shovel trash elsewhere instead yeah trash it i don't think it's very good i I think it's again i don't hate this movie i just feel the same way about this as i do like almost all studio comedies i'm like all right well i got some laughs in and it was forgettable and i moved on with my life and i forget it existed and that's how i feel about this movie and uh yeah so i think you you trash it and instead you go look at uh another will ferrell movie stranger than fiction uh anchorman is mentioned i mean blades of glory i like that one enough any Almost any Will Ferrell movie, honestly. It's it's pretty run the uh, Nice guys. Um, and then if you're going to look at nostalgia uh, and uh, kind of a saturation of nostalgia, go watch Pleasantville. I really don't think you appreciate the craft of comedy, and we'll talk about that anon. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Show for trash, Elsa instead. I'm not going to tell anyone to buy this movie. <laughs> no, you guys are crazy. No, like, he's going to make us watch it. Yeah. I'm, like, you know did what? you have to pay a single dollar to watch this movie beside your Netflix subscription? No. no. Uh, what's and, streaming on Netflix? That's and right. thanks for that. Yeah. So, hey, thank um, you for that. Yeah. So I didn't make you buy this movie or to rent it. You watched it legally, which is awesome. And the fact that I own this on DVD... It does not mean anything about how if you should own this on DVD. I think it's a really interesting cultural relic. So for nothing else, thank you for picking this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is interesting. And it did a lot for me in my youth. And I find it enjoyable, infinitely watchable. But I, I'm not going to. Tell I'm not gonna tell anyone to watch it. I honestly, when one time I was watching this movie while my my boyfriend wasn't home, and he came in the room, and I was halfway through it, and I was really embarrassed. So that's what you should feel like, like no, yeah, just like I, I was like, no, I'm gonna turn this off right now. Yeah, I wasn't watching this. My uh, <laughs> my sister back when blockbusters were a thing rented this movie a bunch. Okay, I've seen this movie multiple times Aww, prior. Yeah, I've seen see, this movie before. See, that's good to know. What you should watch instead of this movie. You should watch uh Practical Magic. That movie is really really fun. It's it's 90s. It's magic. It's witches. Well, for more 90s magic and witches. Which which one is that? Who's in that? Uh it's um uh Sandra Bullock and oh, that yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. and there's like dead bodies. I was thinking of Simply Irresistible stuff. at first, which is a different movie and is also very bad. Yeah. Um you should also for peak uh 90s magic stuff, uh Sabrina the Teenage Witch because duh. Um that movie's <laughs> really fun. Uh don't watch the college years uh because 
because you don't watch the college years. Nobody watches the college years. You of only watch the high school years. Um, you should also watch Buffy. You should also watch Gio. I Dream of Jeannie. You should also watch Charmed because I feel like the witches and Charmed are way more empowered because they're definitely slaying lots of dude demons. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, even after they get the half sister on, but I digress. You should also watch Get Smart. I don't know if you want more like phoned in uh, TV remade. Steve uh, Carell Steve. doing his doing his best. Yeah, he's doing his best with what he's given. I also had Stranger the Cr- Than Fiction. You should also watch The Craft because that's more '90s witches. Peak '90s witchery. Peak '90s witchery. And uh, finally, you should um, you should listen to our podcast and and not watch this movie. <laughs> Fair point. Thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. I am also going to say trash. If it's on TV, you don't have to turn it off. It's yeah, we have watched worse films. Yeah. On this oh, podcast. sure. Your, your soul is not in peril. I, um, I'm not. I'm really. I'm legitimately not upset about watching this at all. It's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, really, it's okay, it's bad, but, but it's buy. not like infuriating. Exactly. Um, watch. I don't know. The witches. The Jim Henson film. Oh uh, yeah. With all the animatronics mm-hmm. there. Oh, that's ter- uh, movie's terrifying when you're like eight. Yeah. Angelica Houston's scary. And, yeah. Yeah. It's good times. Uh, to be had. And of course, she's kind of always scary. So do yes. that. Um, as far as um, let's burn down the patriarchy in cinema. I want to take you to uh, 80s experimental no-wave cinema. Uh, this is the same movement out of which one Jim Jarmusch came forth. A female director called Lizzie Borden. Go check out Born in Flames, where they take wait. the whole system down. Wait, take it wait, down? Hold up. Her name's Lizzie Borden? Yeah. Like, Lizzie Lizzie Borden, Borden, like, like that's fucking metal. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's so cool. That, that is her, um, I guess, stage her, yeah, name. Yeah, her nom de plume. Dr- director name. That's, that's bitching. That's wonderful. Yeah, do watch that because, yeah, she did it all. Um, she killed, done them all in. She did it with an axe. Uh, but, that's great. Yep, yeah, check yeah. out that. It's a good movie. It's a lot of fun. The quality is going to be janky because it's uh, Super Prince. VHS. It's Super VHS for yeah. recording and they had no money. No money at all. But it is worth it. Burn down that patriarchy, man. man yeah. And they do. It ends in a very, very troubling moment um, that ends up having to be a significant uh, moment in American history later, uh, sort of anticipating. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, goodness. Uh, now, my curiosity is peaked. I won't say any more about that, but it is um, disturbing in a, in a strangely prophetic sense Yeah. Uh, about that. And so it does have a uh, conclusion that may not have the exact effect that uh, Dear Miss Borden uh, intended at the time. Huh. But nonetheless, I recommend it very highly. So there you go. Dear listener, that's our show. We got to go to the randomizer right now, and here's those wonderful balls are rolling. What's yeah. going on? Bear of balls out over here, am I right? <laughs> well, speaking of man stuff, looks like we're going to look at Fast Five. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm so excited well, about Fast Five, that's, guys. That's fun. Okay. Uh, no, that's all I have to say. Okay. Uh, yep. We're going to watch Fast Five. You know what? Are you allergic to fun, Dustin? Uh, are, you are not one to talk no, about. No, <laughs> shut up. not speak to me. Yeah. You, you two go in the same fucking no fun corner. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne, The Rock, The Rock, Johnson, Johnson. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I know. But I tell you what, dear listener, no matter what the movie is, and I think this show is an absolute uh, stellar uh, example of this, no matter what the movie is and what its quality may be, there's a conversation to be had. And that's what makes watching the movies worthwhile. So, You keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time. The Good Trash Genre Cast is produced and edited by Arthur Gordon. Direction by Dustin Sells. Social media by Alexandra Bohannon, Caleb Masters, and Dalton Stewart. Our intro and outro is Night Call by Kavinsky and Lovebox. We are also proud to feature music from Deer Tick this week on the program. For more information on this episode of the Good Trash Genre Cast, as well as the rest of the Good Trash Media family, 
please visit goodtrashmedia.com.